But we begin tonight with the ongoing blockade in Ottawa and the debate raging inside Parliament about the government's decision to invoke the Emergencies Act, the first time that has happened since it was introduced more than 30 years ago. The Conservatives continue to denounce the move. Here is MP Michelle Rempel. The Emergency Act was not needed to settle the rail blockades of 2020, the OCA crisis, the crisis at Caledonia, September 11th, the COVID-19 pandemic, or any other dispute in Canadian history. The NDP, meanwhile, are offering the government necessary if lukewarm support for the powers it is granting itself to try to bring an end to the protests. Here is leader Jagmeet Singh. And we're going to be very carefully monitoring every step of the way what the government does. And we'll be prepared to use all of the accountability mechanisms that are available to withdraw support if need be and to stop the application of this emergency act. So we're going to hear very carefully the parameters that the government's going to lay out in their speeches in the House. The government says the act is already having an impact, clearing border blockades in Manitoba, Alberta and B.C. Meantime, again, the protests in Ottawa into their 20th day. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino says that people long ago lost patience with the protests and the response from authorities. And one of the real concerns that I have is that if we don't see a resolution to this, more and more people who live in Ottawa may feel obliged to take matters into their own hands. And that would be a dangerous thing to do. We've seen it in some of the counter-protests where frustration is uh, beginning to boil over, where people who live here feel completely helpless and abandoned. Still, there does seem to be a change of tact from policing following the resignation of the police chief, Peter Slowly, yesterday. An integrated command centre is in place to allow RCMP and OPP to assist in command and control over policing of the blockade. Today, officers were handing out warnings to those still camped out near Parliament Hill, telling them it's now time to leave, outlining what penalties they can face Um, under the Emergencies Act, of course, also Ontario State of Emergency, the Criminal Code. Police are asking for patience. But how does the change in leadership in the middle of a crisis impact the response? And what will come next? Public safety consultant Charles Bordelow spent 35 years with the Ottawa police, including as police chief from 2012 to 2019. He joins me now from Ottawa. Welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, to begin, uh, just a reaction to the resignation of the police chief. We know that, uh, Peter, slowly, we know that during a crisis, often a change in leadership can be problematic. Uh, did the timing surprise you? Yeah, we were surprised with the timing. I think it caught a lot of people uh, off guard uh, internally and, and in the public as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I've known uh, Chief Stoley for, for a number of years from his days in Toronto. And then uh, we, when he decided to, uh, to apply to Ottawa, we actually met and we had a conversation around what it's like placing in the nation's capital and uh, pleased that he, that he came here and, and he wanted to affect change. And he, he did make a significant difference on, on many fronts uh, internal to the Ottawa Police Service. Um, but I think it was a combination of things that just led to uh, his departure. Um, certainly the, the public was... Uh, was fed up, was very, is very frustrated by the perceived lack of response by the auto police service in, in bringing this uh, uh, occupation to, a, to an end. Uh, there was also council uh, members were starting to be very vocal around their dissatisfaction around the leadership. And there, there were some internal issues as well that were bubbling up and starting to, um, to uh, be public around uh, leadership style and some events that had taken place internally. Um, so the board and him came to a mutual understanding that it was time for him to, to leave. And uh, 
uh, really thank him for his leadership. And it's a, it's a tough time for him and his family, I'm sure. And it's a tough time for, uh, for the organization uh, at this point in time. And like you said, it's uh, uh, during a crisis, it's, it's even more challenging when you have a change in leadership. You need that continuity uh, to send, continually send a, a clear message to the members, but to the community that uh, they are in charge and they're, they're, they're moving forward. And, and, you know, be, being the chief in Ottawa or being the chief of police anywhere is a difficult job, but you had the complexities of, of being the nation's capital and the, the political environment and the different levels of government, it becomes that much more complex. So uh, I, I'm pleased to see that the board has, uh, has appointed in, on interim basis uh, a deputy chief that I know very well, Steve Bell, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll bring some stability and, and, and maybe chart a new path forward with respect to uh, working with the RCMP and the OPP and bringing this to a conclusion. Few people will understand the complexities of policing Ottawa as well as you do. Um, for those who've been there, they may understand the complexities of having Parliament sit right in the middle of your downtown. Um, what have you seen over the past 19 days or so, and what would you explain to the rest of Canada about the complexities of trying to enforce the rules in a situation like this one in central Ottawa. So we, uh, we have never seen anything like this. I, I spent 35 years uh, policing here in Ottawa. I was born and raised here. I spent uh, seven years as a chief of police. Uh, we have hundreds of demonstration each year because the parliament buildings are here. We have a number of embassies as well. Uh, the U S embassies just around the corner and uh, the Chinese embassy. So there's many demonstrations that take place every year. Uh, the biggest one I saw was when the, the Tamil community came uh, to protest uh, against the uh, Sri Lankan government of, of events that took place there. And at, at its high point, we had about 30,000 individuals come to Ottawa in, in a weekend, but we had thousands stay during a week, uh, a period of about a week. And there were, there were disruptions to the downtown core and Wellington streets, uh, Wellington street, which is the street just across the, the apartment buildings and, and people were inconvenienced, but there were zero arrests, uh, zero injuries and total cooperation by the, the demonstrators over here. And by, by far and large, that's the way demos really work. Uh, every, every demo has its different dynamics when you have the, like, for example, the pro-life uh, versus pro-choice groups. There's some dynamics around that. Uh, we had, uh, we've had demos where we've had vehicles come in. I remember a farming demonstration where we had uh, farming trucks come across uh, on Wellington Street. What the difference was in this one here is that uh, hundreds and hundreds of trucks made their way to the downtown core and they stayed, they stayed uh, past the, past the weekend. Uh, and so that, that is something that is new, not just in Ottawa, but I think anywhere else in Canada and the uniqueness around Ottawa downtown is you have a number of residential condos just uh, off of Wellington. Uh, so the, 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 the blocking of the streets, the noise, the diesel fumes, uh, uh, incessant no uh, uh, honking of their horns at all hours of the day was starting to have a real impact on the residents. In addition to that, you've got businesses in the downtown core that were just about to open uh, because uh, the restrictions were being lifted for the pandemic. And they were forced to close, stay closed, because 
of, of safety issues <clears throat> around the, the behaviors of the demonstrators harassing, intimidating people and going into one of the largest malls down there, the Rito Center, has been closed for, for two weeks now because of, of the problems of the demonstrator. So, so that's the other unique thing. The one is the, is the trucks. The other is the behavior uh, being exhibited by these uh, demonstrators. Uh, it, it's, it's their behavior has been criminal, uh, intimidation, threats, assaults, uh, mischief to the war monument, Terry Fox statue, uh, the, the constant uh, honking of the, of the horns. We've never seen something that is spilled over into the neighborhood of the downtown core impacting our residents' uh, well-being, their livelihood, the businesses, and just the sheer uh, behavior of, of these demonstrators. That has never been experienced before in Ottawa. You would know the answer to this. Of course, many people in Ottawa specifically, but also around the country have wondered, and it's been pointed out on social media, of course, social media being another dynamic that's played into this, um, yeah. that, that, that officers weren't seen to be enforcing laws such as parking restrictions and so forth that other Ottawans are normally subject to. What do you think is happening there? So you have to, in a demonstration uh, where uh, the potential for violence is, is escalated, and you've got extreme volatility, you have to pick and choose your battles uh, when your police service is trying to, trying to keep the peace and manage tensions at, a, at a, an acceptable level. So you may choose not to enforce or ignore certain laws because if you intervene and you don't have the right resources, uh, there, there could be some serious consequences around that. So they chose a, a, at the beginning. I think I think what happened is they didn't plan for them to stay. So when they saw that they stayed, then they had to re, revisit their plans and figure out, okay, how are we going to manage this 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 new animal that's that's in the in our city and something we've never experienced before. So they took a, a hands off approach to try to assess the situation, and then things really started to escalate as far as the the noise, the behaviors, and and the harassment and threats that were taking place against our residents so then they went sorry go ahead yeah so that then they took an approach of of contain suppress and enforce and they made a, a bunch of statements around being able to increase their presence in the downtown core uh, enforce the laws uh, start to seize jerry cans and they really didn't execute that to the best that they could uh, because they they the indication is that they didn't have have enough resources to do that effectively in, in such a large area. I'm back with Charles Bordelow, public safety consultant and former Ottawa police chief. We're discussing uh, the resignation of uh, Ottawa police chief Peter Slowly, as well as the challenges that the blockade has presented to the local police force and uh, and what now that there is new leadership in place and new coordination in place as well. I want to ask you about that because now the RCMP, the OPP and Ottawa police are coordinating. Uh, what do you expect to unfold now? Are we going to see, I think we're already seeing a different approach today. Yeah, they're, they're, they formally uh, come under a, what they call a unified command structure, which means that auto police still retains jurisdiction because you can't change the police service of jurisdiction. Uh, it's in the city and it's outside the fence of Parliament Hill. So we, the police service owns that part from a criminality perspective. However, uh, they create a unified command structure, which means that any decision that is made with respect to a strategy or enforcement or approach is done in unison with key partners with the OPP and the RCMP. So they're all on the same page with respect to the approach that's going to be taken. And it facilitates the coordination uh, and accessing the right resources for the right strategy. Uh, 
so they've 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 received a number of resources both from the OPP and the RCMP and other municipal police services. They're they're in a better position now to coordinate their efforts towards the successful and peaceful conclusion of this event. We've seen the handing out of flyers today telling protesters to leave. We've certainly seen them, many of them at least, ignoring them. Where does this go from here? Well, there's been a, a natural progression uh, across the, uh, over the, the past couple of weeks around sending messages to those who choose to stay that they need to leave. They're, they're breaking a law and they're breaking several laws. Uh, the, the announcement of the Emergencies Act also uh, announces new measures that the government can take around truckers uh, around their bank accounts, their businesses, their licenses, both at the provincial and federal level. Uh, now the handing out of uh, flyers is a, I would say, a, a personal delivery and personal message to each individual that is within that that red zone, they call, to say, leave uh, or you will be arrested. So if, if individuals who choose to stay after that letter uh, choose to stay, it's because it, they're doing it out of their own uh volition uh they're trying to uh get everybody or as many people to leave voluntarily as possible and also they're trying to send a message to others who want to come to ottawa that uh it's not acceptable and there are consequences around that so i would see this as a as a uh a last call uh, around uh, potential uh police action that will then uh much like the windsor case uh, which will be bringing in individuals to to uh, arrest them and remove them physically from from that red zone. So try and get everyone, the more moderates, everyone out, make sure no one else comes in and then isolate those who are determined to stay and then figure out what you're not figure out. I'm sure there's a plan in place for that as well. Are you confident after watching what you've watched the last 19 days after your 35 years of service in Ottawa? Are you confident this can end peacefully? I, I'm confident that this can end and I'm hopeful that it, it will end peacefully. Uh, that is uh, the decision for it to end peacefully is totally up to those who choose to stay. Uh, fortunately, when we saw the ending in Windsor, those who choose to stay uh, chose to stay. Uh, they were arrested, but it was done peacefully, and there were no injuries. And that's that's the goal that everybody has. Uh, but that is totally up to the demonstrators and what the, their actions and their reaction to any uh, any. Uh, show of force in order to bring in uh, officers to start uh, effecting arrests uh, in, in an operation. Uh, if if they if they resist uh, or, or or escalate the violence, then they will be met with a measured approach with to to uh, to force. Charles Bordelot, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, man.